Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Oh my gosh, this kid. Oh. oh, good morning, Takeover Church. How are we doing? I know you're out of breath. That worship was uh, insane, was it not? Could you guys give it up for the worship crew back here? They was, they was leading worship right there in the middle of the floor for three weeks straight. Uh, each Sunday, with Sunday up here, Wednesday down there. I mean, it was nuts, and uh, they still had enough oil left in the lamp. Come on, somebody, to be here this morning and lift up a holy noise like that. Who is grateful for a church that values the presence of God? I know I am. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here uh, if we weren't. If we were not a church sold out to the presence of God being in this house. Well, this morning... Uh, it's been absolutely incredible, and I gotta be honest, gotta be honest, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wee bit tired. Uh, it has been a long stretch, like, who is, like, over fasting? It's been a while fast, okay? Who is, who is, who has experienced some sort of, like, just, just by a show of hands, like, who has experienced some supernatural breakthrough from heaven during the fast? Come on, somebody, it is worth fasting, make it a practice, do it more than just the beginning of the year. It is, uh, it is incredible. It is the cheat code to the download from heaven, as we've been saying. Well, as well as today being the fast end, the break, we have an amazing cake that our own Lori with glory had put together for us that we'll celebrate afterwards, and so make sure you grab some of that. But it's also our first fruits offering today, and for us, this is a time where we decided that for the first month of January for the first, or sorry, the first month of the year in the month of January, that we're just going to set apart these four weeks. We're going to set apart this time. We're going to set apart this month, and we say, Lord, here it is. Lord, come and rule and reign. Here's our building. Here's our time. Here's our bodies. Here's our spirits. Here is our finances. Here's everything. And I know for a lot of places, they take up year-end offerings, but for us, our heart this year doesn't make us any better or any different. It just means that the way the Lord has spoken to take over church is that we would give God our first fruits and not our last fruits. Amen. That we would give, position ourselves to give God our first and our best and our most concise and our most concentrated, our most prayed over and thought over and talked about with our spouses and prayed over with our friends. We would give that to God as opposed to just kind of whatever we could find that we didn't spend at Christmas time. Is that okay? So this morning, that'll be happening at the end of service. There should be like a red envelope on or around your seat, and we'll explain more about that at the end of service. But this morning, man, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, 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 a, little, I'm a little shooken up. I'm not going to lie. This has, been, this has been a season for me personally, um, and I've shared this a couple times, where uh, I don't know if you've ever done anything great as far as, as, as stepping out into some sort of pioneering, starting something or daring to go to college or, you know, starting that business venture or that job or doing whatever. I don't know about you and what you've done in your life and how you've kind of stepped out of the boat to follow Jesus, but how many of you know stepping out of the boat to follow Jesus is probably the scariest thing in the world? When Peter says to Jesus, Lord, if you'll call me, I will walk out on this water and come to you. When he says that to you, how many of you know that is the scariest moment in life? Because now that Jesus has called you to it, he's going to empower you to do it. And now you got to get out the boat. And sometimes you find out who's willing to get out of the boat with you. Sometimes you find out that maybe your family's not. Maybe your friends aren't. 
maybe the people you thought who were in the boat worshiping Jesus with you, but the second you decided to step out the boat and actually follow Jesus, you realized you was on the water alone. It's hard. And I'm going to be honest, that was, that was the month of January for me. So I hope you understand that all of these messages have been prayed over, sifted through, looked at, theologically sound, spent hours pleading with the Lord over, crying to the Lord over, asking him for a word in the season that would ignite a people in such a way that our hearts would say, this Grand Rapids metro area will be saved unto Christ. That's what Takeover Church is here for. So this morning, I'm going to preach to you a message before we take our first fruits offering that I've called Old Embers and New Altars. New ember or old embers and new altars. This is, this is the moment. We've done the wine. We've done the oil. We've explored the tabernacles. We've done it. And this morning is when we chase after that old fire and we establish a new altar unto the Lord. Amen. If you got your Bibles, you can go to the Old Testament. Somebody say OT. OT. We come out of 1 Kings 18, 30 through 40. It is 10 verses. Um, and we are going to get through there together. If you have your Bibles, go there. If you don't, check out the Sky Bible behind me. Give it up for Mikey in the back. Michael in the back. My bad. Michael in the back. Come on, holding down Sky Bible for us. Woo. Come on. He hates me right now. He hates me. I love you, buddy. All right, 1 Kings 18, 30 through 40. Here we go. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down and broken. Elijah told, took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes, the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, as great as wood contained two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, and he cut the bull in pieces, and he laid it on the wood. And he said, fill your jars with water, pour it out on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And at that time of the offering of oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Oh, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me that this people may know you, O Lord, our God, and that you have turned their hearts back. And then the fire of the Lord fell. He consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up all the water with the, that was in the trench. And when all the people saw, they fell on their face and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Is there anybody in the church that wants to proclaim right now, The Lord, he is God. Yes. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slaughtered them there. All right, well, <laughs> the Lord is thy God, and we're going to slaughter. Okay, it's good. It's good news. All right, we're going to pray, and we're going to see what the Lord will do with that. Does that sound good? Fantastic. Father God, Father, we ask that right now we pray the same prayers that the prophet Elijah prayed in this one. God, we say... We say you are God in Grand Rapids. 
You are God in Wyoming. You are God in Granville. You are God in Kentwood. You are God in Rockford. You are God in Walker. You are God in Cedar Springs. You are God in Hudsonville. You are God in East Grand Rapids. You are God in the Grand Rapids metro area. And God, we are bold enough to declare to you today, Father, you are God in the Midwest. Father, right now, we just invite you in. God, as we begin to build an altar, as we begin to establish the pieces right now, God, as we lean in, Father God, into your presence, into your word, into what you have to say right now, God, just begin to till up the land, the follow, hollow land within our hearts, God, that are desperate for revival. Open us up, Father God. Make our soil great again. Father, we right now, we submit to you wholly. We submit to you to become holy. We want to be made in your image and likeness. Restore your people, redeem your people, and revive your people. And we say every other spirit in the room, spirit of deception, go to hell. Fear, go to hell. Fear of depression, go to hell. Any other spirit besides the Holy Spirit, you are not welcome here. And we say, you leave, go to hell, and Holy Spirit, Come from heaven and fill this place and fill our people fresh again. And the mighty church of Jesus, the undefeated church of Jesus, the people God called to this area all said. Praise him like you believe what he says about you. Old embers and new altars. Old embers and new altars. Altars, friends, I, I, mm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go. See, friends, I want to establish something right off the bat today. Understand that when we take a first fruits offering here at Takeover Church, understand this, understand this. We're about to build an altar, okay? When we do that, it's not so I can have a better pay- paycheck. It's not so that anybody on our team can actually make more money. It's not so that we can uh, have Ferraris and cool cars and, and things like that. That has nothing to do with it. Money is but commodity that helps get the sound of the Lord in the earth. That's it. Money is longevity. That's it. That's all that it is. This is not about money. This is about longevity. This is about establishing a financial foundation for this church to be a meeting house for those that are far off from God, those who are close to God, those that are shipwrecked to their faith, those that are prodigals, those that are sinners, those that still need to come and know him, those that your heart breaks for. That's what this is about. So come whatever may, come any kind of lockdowns, mandates, whatever. These doors can be open. These lights can be on. The sound can come out these instruments. We can worship in spirit and truth, and we can see Lord Jesus rule and reign in our great Grand Rapids area. Amen? So I need you to understand that up bat because we're going to go into some deep waters this morning, and I need you to understand where we are going. Friends, there's another thing I need you to understand this morning. It's the cry of my heart. It's the cry of my heart. This is, this, is, this is what I am the most broken up for. It is my desire this morning that you would understand that if you call Takeover Church home, you do not belong to some weak, spineless, hollow building that is self-serving and, and, and devoted to building onto an altar, onto a name of some other God than Lord Jesus. 
It is my heart and my cry this morning that you would understand you do not have weak pastors who do not have a spine. In fact, I will tell you this, your pastors, my beautiful wife Adrienne and I, and our entire team, not only do we not have weak spines, not only do we possess a backbone, but every single bone in our bodies is running not with marrow, but with revival fire in them. This is what we do. This is who we are. I am not convinced of anything else than besides Lord Jesus wants to start a revival in 2022. That's what's in my bones. That is what's in my bones. You got to understand this about Takeover Church, okay? We're going into year four in February, and we are rocking until the wheels come off, the well runs dry, or Lord Jesus comes back. Come hell or high water, we're going to be here. We're going to preach the gospel truth, and that's the matter of fact, Jack. Amen? Understand today, I'm not trying to gas you up. I'm trying to light you on fire. I ain't blowing smoke today. Today, we are firmly going to grab some old ember fire. We're going to construct a new altar, and we are going to do something that the Lord says, I can breathe on that. I can ignite that. That is something that is pure, that is sanctified, that though it may be put together with broken pieces, I can use that. You got to understand today that this is a church that believes in reformation and revival. We are a church that believes in reformation and revival. Understand this today. Reformation this isn't some reformed theology or tulip or anything like that. No, no. This is actual reformation. Reformation means returning to the word of God. And if reformation is a return to the word of God, then revival is a return to the spirit. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. We will be a church that is built on reformation, returning to the word, but we will be ran by returning to the Spirit. Amen. We will be ran by revival. Come on, somebody. Jesus said a time will come when my people will worship me in spirit and in truth. And how many of you know truth is a short commodity these days? But we will be a house. We will be a house that is built on the word, the truth of God and ran by the Spirit and the presence of God. Amen. We are, come on somebody, we are a spirit and truth kind of church, which should be the only one, by the way. Friends, I'm full of it today, and I pray that it's the Holy Spirit, because I got some things to say today. Because I got to let you know, this, this pulpit right here, this thing that I'm standing on, this stage, this, this beautiful, amazing, somebody donated this, by the way. They came in and built it and everything for us, and it was awesome. And uh, Vander Cody Construction, give it up. Woo! And uh, now you got to come to church. Just plugged you. Okay, just kidding. Charlie, tell your brother. No. But this pulpit, this pulpit isn't for talking heads. This pulpit isn't for political opinions. This this pulpit is not consecrated and dedicated to Matt's feelings, to your feelings, or to their feelings. This pulpit is consecrated for truth. This pulpit is consecrated, set apart, radically ignited on fire by the word of God. Amen. This pulpit will never be about my opinion, your opinion, or their opinion. This is about what God says. Amen. 
So you can rest assured that just because we live in a day and age not too far off from what Elijah said, we're going to get to it, but you got to know right now what we just read in Scripture is buck wild because there is context that is going to blow your mind. Understand this, when Elijah is beginning to say this and he's constructing this altar and he's grabbing the tribes of Judah and he's saying, come on, we got to look at this again. Before this is going on, the context here is that King Ahab, you know who he is? Okay, King Ahab sucks. 110%. The dude, yeah, you know, my science teacher would tell me science doesn't suck, it siphons. He siphons, okay? He vacuums, he siphons. We'll get scientific with it today, okay? He full on sucks. And he's married. He is a dirty, rotten scoundrel, and he's married to another dirty, rotten scoundrel. Her name is Jezebel. Anybody ever heard the name Jezebel? Not in your classroom, because this chick canceled her own name in the earth, okay? She was so bad that cancel culture didn't even have to come. She was so nasty, so wicked, so vile, that, man, like, nobody wanted to name their kid after her. Like, oh, that girl is a Jezebel. You ever heard that one? Oh, yeah? Your mom been in church too long, and she was just like, you got a spirit of Jezebel on you. Come on, who's been hit with that one? I've hit some people with that one. <laughs> that Jezebel, take them. Anyways, Ahab, Jezebel, and they worship this fake, false idol god. His name is Baal. B-A-A-L. There might be more A's in there. I don't know. But Baal. They worship him, and they got, in this context right now, they got 450 prophets of Baal. And it's hilarious, because there's 450 Prophets of Baal, and they call them prophets, but really it's not like Elijah being a prophet of God. A prophet of Baal is more like the enforcer of Baal, the muscle of Baal. Like, they kind of go city to city, make sure you're paying your taxes, and then they beat you down and force you to worship a false god. Like, it's nuts, okay? This is, this is it. Uh, you could even say that perhaps they would uh, cancel you on Twitter unless you uh, bent to every whim of their demand. Okay? Making some parallels today. Get ready for it. Okay? Somebody's going to hate me and other people are going to love the Lord better. It's going to be great. So the context here is that God and Elijah, three years prior to this moment, they got together and they were just seeing this over-sexualized culture, this culture sinning without restraint, this culture worshiping other gods besides Jesus, besides the God of Israel. They are worshiping all of these other things, and they're mutilating their bodies, and they're doing all of these wicked things. They're sacrificing humans. Like, it just got nuts underneath Ahab and Jezebel. And they're doing all of these crazy things, and so God and, and Elijah, they put their heads together, a.k.a. Elijah lifted his head, and God came down and was like, how about you ask me to stop the rain for three years? And so right now in this moment, it has not rained for three years because the idea was, you know what, let's just make their land so destitute, so dry, and we'll smoke them out, basically. We're not going to have any crops grow. We are going to outlast them. We are going to starve their land, starve their people, starve them out of Israel, and we are going to end this thing. And so Elijah, he goes to Ahab, and he's like, You ready to give in and believe that my God is the one true God? And Ahab's like, nah. And he's like, come on, it hasn't rained, hasn't done anything. Everything I said would come to pass has come to pass. And, and come on, like, you should submit now. Checkmate, game over, it's over. You lost, Ahab. And Ahab's like, ah, no, 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 no. Baal's going to come through. I got an idea. I have an idea, Elijah. How about you go and grab all the prophets of your Lord, 
I'll get all 450 of my stout enforcers and we'll do this thing gangs of New York style. Five people got that reference, praise God. And by praise God, I mean that more of you didn't. <laughs> Pastor was preaching about Scorsese films and uh, he says, let's do his gangs in New York style. And all of a sudden, Elijah's like, I'm the only one. <laughs> Elijah's the only prophet at this time. And so Ahab and Jezebel, nasty people. They got 450 bad Jacksons. Elijah's got one. How many of you know he is outmanned, outgunned, outnumbered, and it looks like certain death? And then he gets an idea. He says this. He says this. Elijah puts all of his chips on the table the same way I feel like I'm doing today. He puts all of his chips on the table. He says, listen here. I got, where's one true God? There's one true God, and there's a way that we're going to prove it. Here we go. You build an altar, I'll build an altar. You get your people, you do what you do, you set that up, you worship Baal. I'll grab some subjects and some slaves and some people who used to identify as Israel and, and, and now are just impoverished and beaten down. I'll grab what's left. You get your prophets, I'll get whoever else is around, okay? Uh, and I'll grab the old altar pieces and I'll begin to construct an altar unto my God. And to tell you what, Ahab, the first God to ignite this new altar on fire, I'm all in. Whoever's God lights the altar on fire first, that's the one true God. And the other team, you bend the knee, you submit, and you be willing to die for it. And that's where we're at. That's what brings us to this moment. All the chips are on the table. You see, Elijah, understand this, friends. The future is determined by the bold. The future, I know, it, it's a great shirt. You can find it at H&M, but truer than H&M is the future is actually, literally, not figuratively, the, figuratively, determined by the bold. Those that are willing to step out of the boat, those that are willing to take God at his word, those that are willing to say, I believe so much that my God is true, that there is truth, that truth exists in the earth, and I can worship him, have relationship with him, and it will make me whole again. And you put all your chips on the table, and that's what you live for, that's what you die for. Truth. You see, right now, Everything I just described about Baal and about Ahab and Jezebel, that sounds a lot like the world that we live in today. You might say, you know what, Pastor Matt, that sounds a bit extreme. That sounds a bit extreme, okay? Like, yes, the government's a bit out of control, and yes, there's some wild thoughts going on, and, but it's just a loud, you know, minority on Twitter and social media. That's not really the rest of the world, okay? Like, you can say that, except there is a government there is a world, there is a culture that are all telling us to quit gathering as the church, lock up your doors, community doesn't matter. And they're the same ones that are telling us, lock the doors, don't meet, follow the science, all the while saying, you know what, men can be women and women can be men. We are a house that is built 
on the truth of the word of God and we will be ran by the spirit of God. Friends, there are truths in this world, there are truths in this life, and it begins and it ends, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus says, let us create them in our image, man and woman. Sorry, can I just say this real quick for the record? Because this is the house that I'm going to ask you to give to. This is the house I'm going to ask you to sell to. This is the house I'm going to ask you to set up a, a home here and not a tent here. This is the house that I'm saying we are going to be an altar that the Lord can light on fire as a beacon of hope to a confused and dying and hurt world. Men cannot be women. Women cannot be men. Babies are not clumps of cells that are just clumps of cells that you can discard at your ease unless you decide you want to keep them. Live-in boyfriends or live-in girlfriends are not spouses. The internet is not the local church. Am I preaching to anybody? But wait, there's more. My best Billy Mays impression. I don't have enough flannel on, but wait, there's more. How many of you know Jesus is still the answer? How many of you know the gospel is still the truth? How many of you know God is still on his throne? And how many of you know the local church is still advancing? And how many of you know the gates of hell are still not? Come on, somebody praise Jesus one time. You know how nervous I was to say all that? But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I just put all my chips on the table the same way Elijah does in this moment. But with you. But with you, with people watching online, I just put all my chips on the table. We believe the Bible, and we will not be moved from it. I'm sorry, and I'm not sorry, okay? Tooth, this, this is literally the bedrock of truth in the world, okay? It is the bedrock. It is the foundation, and guess what? It will be here long after my opinions. It will be here long after our feelings. It will be here long after our governments. It will be here long after the world. Even when it all goes, the word of God says that the word of God endures for ever. And I will be found like Elijah saying, this home will be one that worship, worships not just when our political party that we identify with is in political office. We will not be a house that only meets when it's quote unquote safe outside. We will not be a house that only meets when somebody tells us we can. We will not be a house even when legislation comes and says, your Bible is hate speech. I'm gonna say the opposite. Because the Lord says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. free. So we'll be here. And that is the kind of church takeover church is. You see, friends, we say it all the time, but here's the deal. Can I just tell you what I'm not interested in? I'm not interested in a better you. I'm not interested in a better Matt. I'm not interested in a better Grand Rapids. Do you want to know what I'm interested in? I, my, my goal is so much more higher than that. I'm not interested in just Jesus getting into you. I'm interested in Jesus taking over you. I'm not interested in just seeing Jesus get into Grand Rapids. I'm interested in seeing Jesus take over Grand Rapids. I'm not interested in seeing you be improved upon. I'm not here, we say it all the time, for behavior modification. Friends, this church is built on soul transformation. Amen? That's what we do here. That's why it's called Takeover Church. That's why we 
are here. That's why Elijah was here, because he checked the time, he checked the temperature, he looked outside, he saw what was going on, and he knew, he knew what kind of place would we build. He says, come here, come and look. He grabs the 12 tribes of Judah, whoever's around, and he goes, come here, come and see. Come and see what they've done. Come and see what was. Come and see this broken altar. There's still old embers there, but this altar is broken. Why is it broken? It's broken because they threw it down. It's broken because they dismantled it. It's broken. Unless we rebuild it again. This is what the world is going to do. This is what the world is going to say. This is what Ahab and Jezebel and Baal and any other lofty argument and principality of darkness that try up against the name of Jesus, anybody who comes up against the God of Israel, anything, any spiritual entity that tries to move against the Holy Spirit, anything that rises up against will always be trying to tear down the church. Friends, can I just tell you, if the church loses her voice, the world will lose her mind. If the church loses her fire, the world will lose her conscience. If the church loses the Holy Spirit, the world will lose its conviction. If the church loses her light, the world will go dark. Unless we build an altar again. How many of you know what the church needs, what the world needs, is for the church to have old embers of revival and fresh altars given over to it? What the world is in desperate need of. They will not admit it. They will not retweet it. They will not tell you. But what they are searching for and what they are in desperate need of is a love and a truth and a grace and a mercy like no other. And that all comes flooding from a wellspring called the local church. And for us, that name's Takeover Church. And so we will gather old embers of revival fires and we will establish a brand new altar here in West Michigan. So Elijah, he's telling them, he's telling them, look what's possible with God. Look what's possible with God again. Do you see? Do you see what is possible with God? Look at what used to be. Do you remember? Do you remember when we first came to knowledge, when we were first in school and we were learning about the God of Israel? Do you remember hearing the stories of Joshua and Jericho and all of these things? Do you remember hearing about Moses and Aaron? Do you remember when our people were liberated from Egypt? Do you remember the stories? Do you remember when Abraham and Sarah, they were able to have a children way up into their 90s that God was able to do something incredible? Do you remember that one time? Look at this, look at this altar. Do you remember when God required a blood sacrifice and he saw the faith rise up in Abraham that said, if I will build an altar unto you, Lord, will you make this country great? Will you do something significant through my people, through my lineage? Lord, would you draw close? And the Lord says, give me Isaac. And he's like, <sighs> and then there was a ram in the thicket. Do you remember when he provided a way out because he saw faith in the land? 
There's a way out from Baal. There's a way out. There's a path to victory, but it is found and it is secured and it is right here in the old embers of what Israel used to be. Friends, do you remember your old embers? This is what this whole month has been about. This whole month has been about stirring up revival in you and remembering. Do you remember when you first came to know Jesus? Do you remember when he just lit your world on fire? When he was the realest thing to you? When he wasn't this religious act on Sunday, but he was the first conversation you had every morning? That your feet hit the ground, it was cold, but it was ready to go, and you just wanted the Lord? You just wanted him more than anything? You felt like your school had to be saved? You felt like your family had to be saved? You felt like you couldn't miss a Sunday? You couldn't miss a church service? You couldn't, youth, you couldn't miss youth ministry? Whatever! You had to be there. You had to be found in the house of God. Remember the first time when you came to know Jesus and you were like, I get to be a part of this? I could, I could sing and lead worship. I get to be a part. I could give him praise. I could come just as I am and leave better than he found me. Like, are you kidding me? It's jacked up. It is nasty and is screwed up and muddy in a mess that I am. He wants me and loves me. And he says his truth will set me free. Do you remember how elated and how consumed and how overwhelmed you were with love and desire and affection for Jesus? That's what this month has been about. And this is what Elijah is saying. Look at the world. Look what they've done. But look again at what can be possible with God again and all we got to do is build again that's my heart today is that we would begin to build again you see it says Elijah grabbed all that was around said, come and see, come and see, come and see. And that's why I'm giving so much vision today, so much mission statement of what we believe today. We make no apologies about believing the Bible ever. And I want you to know, because this is what I'm going to ask you to be a part of. And so Elijah, he convinces them the same thing. And they look over and they see the prophets of Baal. They're constructing their statue. They're constructing their altar. And it even says that they begin cutting their own bodies over the altar, self-mutilating themselves over the altar. And they're laughing about it and they're throwing a party about it. They're having a good time. And so the prophets of Baal, these bad, nasty dudes are over there literally bleeding over their altar, self-mutilating for their culture, self-mutilating for their beliefs. They are just here bleeding on the altar. And then you got the most mishaps, misfits of all time. And Elijah. And Elijah says, hey, here's some jugs. Um, go back to y'all's house. Uh, fill these up with water, okay? And uh, bring back anything else you have for giving. I'm gonna I'm I'm dig a trench. <laughs> and can you imagine? Can you imagine being the other guys, the rest of the tribe of Judah, and being like, Hold up, these dudes over here cutting their wrists, bleeding all over this altar over here. Do you want me to go fill up some jugs of water and then bring back anything else I have? Yeah, 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 that's exactly what I want you to do. And then I want you to do it again. And then I want you to do it again. He doesn't ask him once. He doesn't ask him twice. He tells him three times to go and get it. And friends, can I tell you this morning, this, that's a picture of you and I. That's a picture of me. Because I'm sitting here going, You want me to give how much? 
You want me to give what? You want me to move to where? I served seven years in a prison called Grand Haven, friend. Lord, I'm trying to get out of Michigan. Oh, well, not really a prison, by the way. It was, anyways, it's a season of life serving another great church. Anyways, and I'm like, Lord, I want to go. And this was Matt's thoughts at 25. I'm in my 30s now. And I'm going, I want out. I don't want to be here. I want to go to Chicago. I want to go somewhere with some culture. I want to go somewhere with some popping off where people actually appreciate the Bible. Like, I want to go somewhere that isn't West Michigan. And then Adrian and I lived in Grand Rapids already, and we began to walk around downtown, began to pray, and the Lord began to do this thing that he likes to do where he burdens people. Just like Elijah was burdened for his people, and suddenly what looked like absolute nonsense to me still looked like absolute nonsense to me. But how many of you know the Lord has made his name famous in the heavens, in the earth, and in hell for making sense out of our nonsense? That's who he is. That's what he does. Some of us today, we are looking at the prophets of Baal. You're looking at me. You're looking at Takeover Church, friends, and you are going, this is nonsense. Why would I give? Why would I partner? Why would, why would I serve? You're looking and you're going, what is this? Friends, this is the result of $80. When the Lord asked Adria and I to plant a church, call it Grand Rapids, and pick a fight with hell, it started with 80 bucks. And guess what? 80 bucks. That's nonsense. Lord, you want me to start a church with 80 bucks in my pocket? Yeah. What? Oh, and then for the last six months at the other church that you're at, we're going to transition buildings. We're trying to get out some debt. And so I'm going to serve and work and literally have no other income and just be there and not collect a paycheck before I do that? Yep. Hey, I think we're breaking up. Like, I think there's some frequency issues, Lord. I think, <laughs> I, you know, like CB radio just ain't cutting it no more. Okay, what's 10-4, good buddy? No. And some of us, we're in that same place. Maybe it's not about the big offering. Maybe it's not about all this. But some of us, we're looking at the, what the Lord has asked us to do with our own lives and with our own marriages and with our own single seasons and with our own finances and our own Holy Spirit. And we're looking at where the Lord wants us to be, where he wants us to call it home. And we're looking at all of these things and we're going, Lord, that makes no sense. What will my spouse think if... If I tell her this is how much I want to give, she's going to look at me like that's nonsense. What will my parents think when I say college is cool, but actually I want to stay local so I can build the church? That's nonsense. What will people look, how will people feel about me when I actually make Jesus Lord of my life and suddenly I don't value the same thing that they value anymore? That's nonsense. Will people still value me when my values don't line up with them? That's nonsense. And suddenly we find ourselves as Christians in the same position as Elijah where we got old embers and God's asking us to build new altars and we're going, this is nonsense. You're telling me they are bleeding all over their altar. Do you want me to throw water on a fire? Like we're supposed to, we're expecting God to light this thing up and you want me to saturate it. Yeah. Because God has made his name famous in the earth for nonsense.
famous for nonsense. This is who he is, friends. This is a God that we serve. And some of us, we are looking at the competition. We are looking at opposition. We are looking at these things in life, and we need to remember what these young Jehovah boys used to say before their altar was broken down, before the, ra- the reign of Baal, before all of this, Elijah's pointing at this altar, and he's like, I know it doesn't make any sense, but do you remember when we used to call him Jehovah Nisi? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, do you remember, like, before this was broken and before we were, you know, overthrown and before all this wickedness was going on, don't you remember the passion when we just said that the Lord is our banner? Don't you remember when the altar was about Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner? Yeah, I remember that. We need to return to calling him Jehovah Nisi again, the Lord, our banner, because right now we've actually lowered our banner beneath the power and ability of which it carries. You see, friends, do you want to know why they called him the Lord, their banner? Because a banner in battle always sits higher than your opposition. A banner in battle always sits higher than your own limited abilities. A banner in battle goes like this. We are marching onto the field. We are marching to meet the opposition, whether it's sickness, whether it's marital issues, children issues, whether it's uh, literal physical enemies, whatever it is. When we position the Lord on high in the battle as our banner, It says to our opposition, our Lord reigns above it all. And if you move against us, he will move against you. If our God is for us, then who can still be against us? And this is the confidence that Elijah was again trying to instill in his people so much so. Look at the scripture. He says this. You guys will be known as Israel again. You will be known as Israel again. Why did he have to say that? Because sometimes after you've been feeling defeated, after you've been confused, after you've been wrapped up in some nonsense, how many of you know you need to be reminded of who you are? How many of you know you need to be reminded of what you are? How many of you know when life gets confusing and chaotic and messy and there's pressure and the world is literally flipped upside down in a pandemic, you need to be reminded what you were made to do. And all of that is wrapped up in the identity Israel. And so like Elijah came to tell the tribes of Judah, hey, you're Israel, remember that. I came to tell you, you're the church. Remember that. Remember whose you are. Remember what you are. Remember why you are. Remember what he saved you from and what he saved you for. Come on, somebody. You think his plan was just to save you from your sin or is he saving you for revival? What has he done in you that he wants to do in the rest of the earth? Some of you guys, you're looking around at the opposition outside and you feel powerless. Understand, raise your banner up. Okay, friends, we, we never put our banner at half mass because God has never lost a battle. We don't fly our banner at half mass because our God has never lost preaching anybody this morning let's go friends you need to remember whose and what and why you are and then something else happens worship team 
Give me like two more minutes and you make your way up here. Y'all didn't know you guys at a Pentecostal church where I believe the Bible and then I'm going to preach it, okay? Like the whole thing. And then it says this, and this is the part where I'm going to be pretty real again. <laughs> again. Then it says, they kept bringing, they kept bringing, they kept bringing. They brought all these things and it made no sense. And we're throwing this water on here and it's like, we're going to expect God to ignite this. And, it, and you're confused and, it's, and it just doesn't make any sense. And there's Elijah. And Elijah, the word literally says, and then... After all the nonsense, after watching the competition cut themselves, like after this weird situation that we find ourselves in, all of a sudden it says Elijah began to pray. Elijah began to pray. Why is that significant? It's significant because of this. In the beginning of January, Adrian and I, we sit on this platform and we asked everybody in our church, both those here today and those who are not here today, we asked our church, we're going to do this first fruits offering, and we're going to believe for something amazing to take place, and we're going to believe for God to lay a foundation for this year to do amazing things. We're going to, we're going to have seek worship nights. We're going to position ourselves to be a house of revival. We are going to fast. We are going to pray, and we are going to see miracles break out all month long. And all of those things happened. And the last thing we asked of everybody in this house that calls Takeover Home is to pray. We didn't ask you to give. We asked you to pray about giving. Isn't that wild? Like we didn't even say, you got to give. We said, how about you let the Lord decide? And we invited everybody in to invite the Lord. And the reason we did that is because the Lord only goes where he's invited. The Lord only goes where he is invited. And friends, for a lot of us, I reckon we didn't do that. Just being honest. Just knowing people, knowing my church, knowing friends. I think for a lot of us, we heard that. And it fell, it fell not on deaf ears, not on empty hearts. It fell on scared hearts and fearful ears. And I believe it was fearful because, man, what, what will my life actually look like if I submit this to Jesus? Like, I'm, I'm kind of scared. Like, who will I become? What will be asked of me? How much will be required of me? What if, I, what if I actually ask the Lord, Lord, do you want me to be a part of this house? And if so, do you want me to contribute to this? And if that is a yes, then how much will that be? And, and, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a position on a wrestling move where you are flat on your back, you are pinned by the Lord, and what he says goes. And I think a lot of us were actually scared to ask God that question. What will he say when I ask him? What will my wife say when I tell her what he said? What will my parents say? And here's the fear, and here's the worry, and I think a lot of us would rather steer clear of that confusion and that discomfort, and we would rather just continue to show up and be a consumer rather than a contributor. But friends, the future is inevitable, but the future is optional. You will either react and live in a future that is based off fear 
or you will react and live on a future that is based off faith. You will either ask and invite God into your altars, because a lot of us, we've built a lot of altars in our lives. We said it was for God, but we didn't actually pray and invite him into it. The future is inevitable, but the future is optional. What will your future be? Will it be one based off fear or will it be based off faith? What will take over church's future be? Will it be one that was based off fear or will it be one that is based off faith? Because today I am asking, I'm asking, keep coming if you just want to be a, a, a consumer. Do it. Absolutely. I love it. Fantastic. I'm glad we're here and I'm glad we can pour the Holy Spirit into you and I'm glad we can do this thing. But we all have to decide, is, is this going to be a place where I'm going to pitch my tent for six months until pastor offends me? For a year until I don't hear back from a certain message when my world is falling apart because other people have things going on? Like, am I going to pitch my tent here or am I going to build my home here? Am I going to camp out here or am I going to buy land here and say, this is where I'm going to raise my kids? What are we going to do here? Am I going to be here and I'm just going to sit under the covering and the teaching and the awning of what other people are sacrificing and giving so that we can be consumers of? Or am I going to establish my home and my future and my place here? Is this where I'm going to raise my kids and their kids? Because that's what today's about. Friends, for me, Jesus has taken over my life. So much so that I'm going to remain, this is Grand Rapids, till I die. Understand that. I don't plan on, listen here, I don't plan on using this platform for any sort of popularity gain. I'm not interested in being made popular and moving off to L.A. I'm, being, I'm interested in being made, uh, being made more like a person and his name is Jesus. That's what this house is about. The future is inevitable, but the future is optional, and it will either be established in fear or in faith. And so Elijah prayed. Worship team, you can make your way up here. Elijah prayed. He invited the Lord in. He said, Lord, come on, come down. See, the Lord can't ignite, and the Lord can't breathe on what he's not close to. The Lord can't ignite, he can't burst, he can't show up, show out, and show in if he's not welcome there. We said it earlier in this message series, the Holy Spirit goes not where he's tolerated, but where he is celebrated. Friends, this is a house that celebrates the Holy Spirit. And so what happens is this, Elijah, he says he prayed. He prayed and he did this. Understand how much I love this. I love this because this is our heart through and through. And he says, understand today, Lord, that you are the God of Israel that you are the God of Israel. Here I am, your servant. I want for nothing but to be in your presence, to be loved by you, to be used by you, to give to you, to pour out to you, to be a part of what you are doing in the earth. Here I am, Lord. I am your servant, and you are once again the undisputed, undefeated God in Israel. And my prayer is the same. Father, here we are. We're takeover church. You are the God of Takeover Church. You are the God of Grand Rapids metro area. God, we want for nothing than to be used by you. We want for nothing than to serve you, God. We want for nothing than to establish a firm foundation for an altar of which you see fit, even if it's made up of broken stones. Come, Lord, and breathe on this. And you see what happens is this. See, the, the Lord today, he doesn't breathe on bricks anymore. The Lord today, he doesn't breathe on stones anymore. 
You see, the Lord, it's, it's less about the materials. You see, the Lord will use the materials, but God only sets altars on fires that are built with living stones. Friends, we're those living stones. We are that new altar. The Lord will use our material. The Lord will use money. The Lord will use your time. The Lord will use you serving in music or in the computer or in takeover kids or wherever. The Lord will use those things. But he only breathes on living stones. He only ignites in living stones. He only sets a fire that will be a lighthouse for those shipwrecked around us to come home to when we are living and breathing stones. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? I'm going to invite Adrienne back up here as well. Adrienne, can you join me? See, what it says next is this. It says that everyone bowed. Everyone bowed. They didn't begin to worship Elijah. They didn't begin to worship leadership. They didn't begin to worship those that brought the offerings and the givings and the things they, 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 didn't, they didn't begin to worship the people who made the altar but they began to worship God see friends when you build an altar for revival you don't got to worry about the place becoming a megaphone for the pastors you don't have to worry about celebrity Christianity you don't have to worry about all of these things that we see in our culture that's plaguing the church today. You don't got to worry about marital fallout because nobody in leadership thinks that too much of themselves. Instead, what you get to do and what I get to do is have the opportunity to not worship a man and not worship a woman. But instead, we get to come and bow down and we get to begin to worship what the Lord is doing again in the earth. So right now, we're going to get ready to take our first fruits off. My love, would you like to explain the... Yes. Sorry. You're all awake now. Um, so we talked, I, I preached last week about tabernacles. I preached about the process of the offering and of the sacrifice and, and what that looks like. And today we have a little bit of a symbolic situation. We have our, if you want to put the other slide up there, Mikey. Um, slide? The slide with our little QR code. No, we're going to, no. No. No, just in the envelopes. Okay, so this same QR code is also in these little red envelopes. So these little red envelopes have a little card in there, and in the card is the Q QR code, and there's a couple lines for you to write your, your dedication to the Lord, your offering, what this is looking like to you, what you want to see him do in 2022. In Joshua, towards the end of his life, he called all of the tribes back together in Israel, in, as the nation of Israel. He called all of them back together. And there was a sacrifice that was made by some of the tribes on a stone. And they named the stone Witness because it witnessed that their God was the same God. And they wanted their people and all of the people around to know and have that stone as the witness to their sacrifice. So today, if you want to physically place your offering 
in that envelope, there's a gold seal. You seal it with that seal and you can place it in this container. If you want to give digitally, all of our information is on that little QR code and you can still write your offering on that slip. Put it in the envelope, seal it, and put it in this offering as a witness to your faithfulness, to your desire to see God move, and for your hearts to be intertwined with ours and what Takeover's DNA is. Because Matt did a brilliant job talking about who we are and what we believe. And we want to partner with God to see him move heaven on earth. Does that sound good? Yeah? Okay. If you want to bow your heads, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go into one more, one more worship song. You can come up as you, as you fill everything out, as you sign it over and place it in the container. Jesus, thank you so much for Sunday. God, thank you for four amazing, crazy, hard, excruciating, joyful, happy, transformative years at TakeOver. God, I thank you for every heart that is already given towards this first fruit offering, the hearts that will give now, today, and in the week to come, Jesus, as we just fully dedicate ourselves to you. We want you and this place and this community to witness that we trust you and we're stepping out in crazy faith, God, knowing that you're going to bless what we give. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. As you prepare and as we go into this last song of worship, I would like to read you a hymn by a British preacher named William Booth, the founder of Salvation Army. He says, Thou Christ of burning, cleansing flame, send the fire. Thy blood-bought gift today we claim, send the fire today. Look down and see this waiting host. Give us the promised Holy Ghost. We want another Pentecost. Send the fire today. Send the fire today. Oh God of Elijah, hear our cry. Send the fire. To make us fit to live or die. Send the fire. To burn up every trace of sin. To bring the light and glory in. The revolution now begins. Send the fire today. Tis fire we want for fire we plead. Send the fire. The fire will meet our every need. Send the fire today. For strength to do, ever do the right. For grace to conquer in the fight. For power to walk the world in white. Send the fire today. Send the fire today. To make our weak hearts strong and brave. Send the fire to live a dying world to save. Send the fire today. Oh, see us thy altar lay. Our lives are all this very day. To crown the offering, now we pray. Send the fire today. Send the fire today. <laughs>